0: Hello and you're very welcome along to a cup final special edition of Woo! New Fox, SSE or Tristy League podcast. I used to always love that in magazines where you'd have the cup final special shoot and match back in the day. Used to be good for that. to be a strap at the top whereby they'd be looking ahead to the Scottish Cup final and the FA Cup final. Yes, but on the same day.
1: unlike the FA Cup final and the Scottish Cup final, the FAI Cup final still actually means
0: something. I'm still excited by it. Yeah, I actually am too. It's taken on renewed significance in the last few years because they have moved us to the Aviva. It seems like it's being treated like by uh, most people their shortcomings I suppose we'll get to that in a moment um, in the build up to it but it's it's actually treated like the showpiece event of the Irish season which is in my view as a cup fan a general cup fan I think it's a good thing
1: and we're more than happy to bash the FAI oh yeah we are we, we are but let's give credit where it's due a tenner a ticket and five for kids that's good value and hopefully yeah. it will lead to another big crowd good crowd there last year despite the horrific conditions it was a horrible day Uh, But still a good atmosphere and I think it will be even better this time around. The reason being because it's two really fine teams and Dundalk have done what they've done in Europe and that's the standout story of the year. But Cork City were also impressive in Europe and that has to be praised as well. So we're coming into it with two teams who have done an awful lot outside of the comfort zone of the League of Ireland. Mm -hmm. And when they met a couple of weeks ago and Dan MacDonald talked about this on Off the Ball during the week... They actually started up a good game. So we're looking forward to another good game as well this time around. And look at Cork this year. They've played played a more evolved style. So everything is pointing to a good game. It doesn't guarantee
0: anything. It mightn't be a good game, but it should be a good occasion. I'm not at all going to question the preparations or the approach or the quality of either of the teams involved. But you mentioned there the ticket prices being so cheap. What is it, 10 or a, a 5 or whatever to get in? Mm-hmm. That's grand. But We also have to sell the fact that the thing is on. And you have to sell the significance of it. What are we wh- doing here? Which I don't that's think what we're doing. I don't think has been. Do- well, no, we yeah, grand. Yeah. We are, but you know, we can get into the numbers of people listening <laughs> to this versus the numbers of people that might hear a radio ad. And I, uh, without wanting to bash the advertisers, because that's the last thing you want to do when you're working in commercial radio, um, the copy, as in the script for the ad for the cup final, sold it like it was just a bog standard league game. It's like, the, I think the term used was "Candon Dock" continue their fine run. And I'm like. It's slightly more than that. This is an FAI oh, Cup Oh, so final. we are bashing the FAI. Yeah, we are now, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, we haven't done it in a while. Um, but there is an element to that. Like, you don't, you don't sell a cup final by going, can such and such continue their fine run? And that's it. Like, I, I appreciate you've only got 30 seconds in which to get your message across, but do it a bit better than that. Give it a bit more oomph. You know, Give it a bit more significance. Give it to what it might mean for Dundalk to win it. Give it what it might mean for Cork to win it. Give it a bit of context. Don't just go... Oh, it's you know, a chance for Dundalk to continue to find run. run. Can Cork stop that? This season, more to it.
1: This season is a bit different, though, in a sense that sometimes the FAI Cup final is the only game of domestic football that many people will watch. Yeah. They won't go to it, but they will watch it on TV and they'll judge domestic football off it. So, yeah. let's hope the conditions are good because we've seen conditions play havoc in the past. <laughs> and this seems to be a, a new argument. Does this or is this an advertisement for the game do we judge the standard of the league off the game do people look at it and go ah here I'm not having that uh, we think of it as a relatively new argument but it ain't this is Dermot Keeley after the 1981 Cup Final which they won and uh, it was a particularly horrible day
2: the, the wind spoils it really spoils it I, I mean I know people will watch this tonight and say ah League of Ireland but really it was impossible to, I mean the, the wind was impossible and the pitch is a little bit bumpy. It didn't do... It could have done with more rain. So, I mean, you just have to, you just have to put up <laughs> with that. Really, for us, it just, it just means getting down and winning. That's the important thing. And unfortunately,
3: the spectator suffers when that's, when that's the case.
0: That was 1981, yeah? Yes. The, the remar- Jimmy McGee doing the interview. The remarkable thing about that is I was instantly reminded of two cup finals. One of them is my favourite because it was the first one uh, that I saw Bowes actually win in the flesh. Um, the other one was 2003 thousand and when Longford bet uh, Pats and it beat. was thanks ma Longford beat Pats and it was just the most ferociously windy day but it was still a really down. good day it, it was a filthy day and then I'm reminded of 2008 in the RDS when Bo's bet Derry on penalties uh, Mendogas Kalaunas got the, uh, the winning penalty I was behind the goal for freezing my just uh, Everything about my head was frozen. My ears felt like they were about to fall off. Do you know that kind of cold where your teeth are almost sore? It was that kind of wind whipping in in and around Balls Bridge. and it gets just, into your bones. It does. There was a bit of rain to go along with yeah. it that day. Not even the fact that... That was like last year, actually. That Johnny Logan sang pre-match and Paul McLoone sang pre-match for uh, the Derry side of things as well. It was a very musical cup wow. final. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th- we've had a succession of them. And unfortunately... That is the lottery that you have in playing a cup final in November in Ireland. It is, but you could also get
1: a nice pleasant day. Like last week for the Dublin hurling final, it was like a summer's day. Um, My first cup final was 2000. It was Longford against Bohemians. It was the first time I had interviewed Uh, Stephen Kenny. Even back then I was like, there's something special about this guy. Even 19-year-old me uh, picked up on that. (laughs) It was the first time I interviewed Roddy Collins post-match.
0: This is just reminding me of Partridge's autobiography. (laughs) 19 uh, year old me thought 19 um, like, year old me thought man that guy's going to go on and get a team to see group stages of the Europa League a competition which hasn't yet been formed but I have the foresight to see that this is the way European competition is going to go because I'm watching Langan seer of seers
1: yeah something like that actually yeah. uh, Roddy Collins I'd seen and heard of Roddy but it was my first time to All interview right. him and what struck me after the game was he was in a remarkably bad mood for a dude who just won a cup final
0: yeah I recall that as well I remember his post match interview uh, just being particularly brusque I think is how you'd, uh, you'd describe it. He wasn't having it.
1: I've got it wrong again. That was in 2000. Shelburne won in 2000. They beat Bose 1-0. Bose won it the next year. It was 2001 was my cup final. My first cup final. They beat Longford in the final in 2001.
0: Yeah. Double yeah. Year again.
1: Stop getting FAI cup finals wrong. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but anyway um, he was kind of he, he, he had a chip on the shoulder because I think he was trying to prove you know the way Roddy likes to sometimes motivate himself by bitterness No, and by no, no, the enemy within oh, come on you're, you know? you're, you're, you're making stuff that, up that was my standout memory I do remember going to some lunch beforehand as well Right, and I bumped into Declan Drake the doyen of League of Ireland football Big Shells man uh, Big Shells man yeah so he would have been happy the year before in 2000 when Shells won the cup and uh, what did he say to me S- savour the atmosphere savour this one if it's your first it's special I remember that that chat
0: We've been joined by Kermit the Frog. Oh,
1: the FAI Cup final. The
0: FAI Cup final. Yay!
1: And uh, there was a bit of a gap actually. To my ne- <laughs> there was a bit of a gap to my next one. It was 2005 when Cork City lost two 0 to Drogheda, and that is a significant week to me because that's the week I gave up drink. Listen, there is a story to tell why I gave up alcohol, but if you think I'm giving it away on a podcast that we do for nothing, you can think again. That's that's being saved for the book or my late late show interview.
0: Next year's one zero conference.
1: Oh yeah, actually I can I can hang up on well I can not hang up on Jer
0: in an interview. I can just I'd, I'd end abruptly. It. You can make a name for yourself yeah. by hanging up on Jer. Okay, super hang enough. up on Joe. Joe wasn't had anybody. Hang up. Are you on You were rookie. A while. Thanks. Anyway, O'Sheen.
1: Um, two thousand and five was the next one. We lost two nil to Drada Boo hoo! Didn't make it to the RDS for the win against Longford. And uh, last year then after that There's a real theme here actually I tend to only go When Cork City are involved um, There are some great Cup final stories I'm sure you have uh, Your own You can tweet them to us now on At Rachel McCormick Or at O'Sheen Langan Obviously they won't be In the podcast Because well, we don't care About probably your some, stories We only care about our own yep. uh, Phil Green you're not probably Philip Green You're probably not old enough To remember him Or do you commentator I Shamrock know, Rovers fan Bit I've of a ledge
0: co- I of course know of him And his yeah. Rovers leanings uh, Very very well indeed But yeah No I think he just uh, Sailed off Just before I was Getting into football So it's yeah. been mostly Stories of him And watching all the interviews With him have been uh, pretty, pretty illuminating affairs
1: Yeah very good uh, This is from the Late Late Show I think in 1987 He tells not one But two Really cool FAI Cup stories Here's Philip Green
3: well, possibly the, the one that everybody would expect you to, to remember would be the 1956 Cup final, when rovers were two down and uh, 10 minutes to go, and was all over. And one of the Cork against Cork Athletic, one of the Cork directors left the ground to go down to Mooney's on the corner. Uh, though In those days, this was 1956, the pubs on a Sunday opened at five, five to seven. You had to be very smart to get your little liquor in, you see. And he went out to buy champagne. And while he was down there, he had three tremendous cheers, knew something startling had happened, met the crowds pouring out as he came back, and... <laughs> to his horror, found that Roberts had won 3 2. <laughs> and there he was, with, so was, there he was <laughs> with his half dozen bottles of champagne, and the, the pitch was invaded, the team couldn't get off the pitch, the poor glad letter were yeah. flummoxed, as the saying goes, and to his eternal credit, he gave the champagne to the hoops. Oh, well done. Well done. And what, what's the story about the priest? The John priest? Said, yeah, there's some story about the priest, is there? That was uh, there was a cup semi-final replay in Talca Park between Robbers and Dundalk, as it so happens, who play in the final next Sunday. And the the, the, origi- the, the, se- the match had been drawn on the Saturday, one all drawn, this is the replay. And I was broadcasting it, and just before going on the air, this priest came up, very broad-shouldered man, very well built, like yourself, and. Um he introduced himself to me he hadn't been able to get to Daily Mount uh, on yeah. the original match yeah. because why? because he had to hear confessions right. but she says I didn't miss a thing of it didn't miss a kick of it so what he said I brought a little tranny with me into the confession box <laughs> 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 and he said it was marvellous. This, this is a fact. It was marvellous, he said. Father McCourt, his name was. Football in one ear and the confession so, in the other, great. Goodness uh, knows, a few of the hard choices must have got easy penances that day. I'd say. <laughs> Tell but it so happened, Dundalk lost the replay. So I'd had to go to him to confession that night. <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> Philip Green speaking on The Late Late Show, and I kind of feel like we were robbed of Philip Green, our generation.
0: Yeah. Do we have an equivalent? I'm not too sure we do because you know well, we, I think we, we do George
1: we, Hamilton surely
0: George yeah there's a case we made for uh, for Gabriel Egan as well on the radio who was a fantastic radio commentator in his own right in terms of in terms of national obviously we've had locals as well who've been pretty damn good
1: Yes Matt Keane from WLR would be mine yeah. um, grew up listening to him still didn't support Waterford United because my dad wouldn't bring me uh, not that I pestered him that much ah, listen, ago we got be, Sky Sports when I was about 12 and You'll be
0: gutted th- now You'd be good and now with the with the, the foreign investment that's going to be coming into yes, the club. Yes, if in the next there's while. one thing that we've <laughs> learned from
1: Cork City and Arcaga Arcadian, Arcadia, whatever the hell they were Jeez, called, yeah. it's that foreign
0: investment always works out. Uh, d- investment in general. Uh, thank you, Mr. Carroll, and all you did to Delamere <laughs> <Daily Mail> Park. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, but look, I, well look, Dublin City had an investor, and look, look at them; they're thriving. Sporting Fingal,
0: cup winner, Sporting Fingal.
1: Yeah, two thousand and nine.
0: Tala it was not Talla. Yeah, yeah. Mm, Seems like that. a long time ago now.
1: Yeah, no, I think George Hamilton because when you think of anything good that's happened in Irish football, it is Hamilton's voice that is going through your head. And he and Green, I would imagine cro- I don't know the how it worked because there was definitely some I only I've seen some
0: I've seen some footage of George. I believe this may have been done. Actually, do you know what it was? It was in the lead up to one of the North's games during the Euros. They showed them playing I think in the late 70s and mm. whose name is attached to the commentary but one G Hamilton yeah. and there was a... But he popped may-
1: up in RTE games like if you go back... Oh yeah,
0: there was a nice version of Danger Here in that late 70s clip I think wow. it was from 78. I think actually they may have played the Dutch I think that's that's yeah. what the, the tie may have been uh, but there was a Oh Danger Here uh, from Windsor Park in the late 70s and yeah. then they crossed over. To such a degree the crossover are you aware of this that in the 1986 World Cup Final was accommodated uh, uh, upon by both... George Hamilton and Jimmy McGee at the same time on TV how? they did a double hander on air really? on RTE? on RTE wow that their their World Cup final coverage was because obviously I think by that stage by 86 George and Jimmy had risen to a a similar standing that I think they ultimately decided uh, whoever was in charge of sport at the time uh, that you know we'll just give them the game each What which did
1: they just, do Like one play each Okay when Argentina Have the ball You do it And when Germany Have the ball You do to, it to,
0: to the best of my knowledge It didn't work out too well It sounded as clunky As you might imagine Two lead commentators Commentating a match Might work But you know At the time We were still in the I, I don't think yes. anybody Had mastered necessarily The co-commentator Well, the only Thing yeah. the, only, the only co-commentator I can remember Working as a kid was um, Trevor Brooking on BBC because even John Giles uh, to his credit on RTE we've gone off on a tangent here again I'm sorry of course yes uh, John you know for all his many 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 uh, pluses I'm not too sure that a co-com was perhaps one of them
1: no I always enjoy listening to John reflecting on a yes, game at half time and, and full time that's
0: absolutely he's yeah. king at that and he was. He, he always has been and still is um, but I think as a co-com not necessarily so but Jimmy and George together in the 86 <laughs> World Cup final
1: okay wait a while so, did it work like they do it on BBC Five Live to this day? No. Where
0: you've won- I think they did it. Basically, they were on air together. I need to hear it back. If somebody has a tape of it, or somebody has, I don't know if you follow like Killian M two. I have to get Michelle Can that be found on YouTube? I'm sure. I'm sure it can be. Yeah. Like Killian M two, or one of these people who uploads old Irish TV stuff That's to amazing. YouTube, uh, surely has it knocking around.
1: Yeah. Well, Jimmy McGee knocked us out of two World Cups. He did he the did. Italy yeah, game yeah, in 1990, yeah, yeah. and he did the, the Holland, Holland game, game in 94. Yeah. I would love to have been in that room. When the discussion was had as to who's doing what in 1990 and 1994, yeah, I think we're not exactly known for um, taking bad news well, commentators, we and not being not being the, the number one guy, the go-to guy. We don't take that news well. well, yeah, well we can't, can't
0: handle it. Well, that's a position that Philip Green, to yeah. bring it back, had for so long. And he's still, I suppose, th- there is a certain generation still regard Philip Green as yeah. being the voice of Irish football, and especially especially domestically and especially coinciding with a fair few yeah. decent Sean Rovers teams as well of which he was relentlessly biased towards. <laughs> <laughs> was he biased? Oh yeah he was. That was, oh, that really? was. that was the thing. Yeah yeah. There was always the thing of of Green being biased towards the uh, the uh, to, to Rovers. Um, yeah there was documentary footage and, and, and it's been mentioned in books and stuff that, that Green yeah. was something of a, a hoop.
1: Yeah uh, sorry I, I, I say Darren Maloney's is a loss to commentary. I appreciate he still does it and he's still Brilliant. But I just think in football, he is excellent. I would have no qualm um, if it was him or George.
0: Yeah, I think we're probably in a similar situation than we were in the late 80s now, whereby the two of them are neck and neck as being as talented yeah. as one another.
1: Yeah, then you look across the D- TV3 and our boy Dave.
0: And there's only one way to settle this. Inner City Sumo.
1: <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, wow, well, there has never been a fair way to divide all the comments. Inner City Sumo. Never been a fair way Partridge is way ahead
0: of his time man, And he's a sports commentator himself Fucking
1: Dave Mack. Anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dave Hill Played in 1998 When Cork City last won the Cup um, Let us bring you to One of the voices of Irish football Because It's not just one It's George Jimmy It's now Dave to be fair at, at Jokes aside Pat Dolan uh, He's not a commentator And as you're aware, the commentator is more important than the players on the pitch, or so we think. Anyway, here we go. This is 1998 and one Derek Collin making himself a Cork City legend. It was a real tussle over two games, but Cork City did overcome Shelburne in 1998 and Dave Hill was playing for City at the time. Uh, Dave, tell us about your memories of that day. Uh,
2: The memories of the day, really. The game was a tense game the week before and we was kind of relaxed all week. Um, going towards the second cup final, the replay, and getting the goal, its just elation because I can remember being under the Cosh first off, Noel Mooney pulled off a few good saves, and I was playing in midfield. It was a tough season for me because I was out for five months, Um, I had double cartilage operation on my knee, so I was only trying to get back to full fitness when the actual semi-final and the final came about, so... I near the end of the game I fell down on my knees and it was just pure elation especially when Derek scored the goal he was just trying to hang on then to the end.
1: It was a a big moment for for Cork City and okay that seems like an obvious statement because it was a cup final win but the club hadn't really done much since they won the league in 1993 they'd come close maybe once or twice in the league uh, but they had struggled Bishopstown didn't work out they'd gone back to Turner's Cross and things began to slowly pick up and Dave Barry took over and led you to this success so in some ways it kind of mirrors Cork City at the moment they've come close a couple of times they haven't quite got their hands on silverware and the pressure's really on on Sunday
2: Yeah that, it, it's sort of mirror imaging what happened then we came second the trot on the trot and it was that year that we actually won the cup and it was, um, there's a bit of pressure on as well from the 25 years before we won the cup before and it was actually against Shelbourne and the replay and the one nil victory and the only reason why I found that out, I went on holiday after the game, I had to cancel my holiday because of the replay. And I met the actual goalkeeper who played for Shelburne on the way back on the ferry from France. And I was talking to him at breakfast. It was uh, very surreal, but uh, ironic, iconic moment for me because they, they explained what had happened before. And so it is It is. It's a very big game. And um, I think, uh, bearing on tonight with all their success, um I don't want to speak too soon, but you know I just don't hope they can do it this time. You know they've they've come second to Dundalk for quite a while, and um, they really need to put a lot of stops to win the game on on Sunday. Cast
1: your mind back, was that pressure a good thing or a bad thing?
2: I mean, it's was, it was purely talk. I mean, after we got the the, the most pressure was the first game. It shows we going for three in a row with underdog rich and um, we didn't really feel it. We, we went into the game it was, it was pretty you know, well-equipped and everything. The team sort of picked itself and was looking forward to the replay, especially after not not performing as good as what we thought we could do in the first week. So the the second week in training, I can remember we had quite a bit of fun. Um, A few tackles flying in, as usual, with with Mark Eric myself and Becky Daly. But, you know, business was business and it was quite light-hearted. We stayed in Bray uh, the night before the game like the Cork City team did um, 25 years earlier, so we didn't really feel any pressure for the second game. But all I remember, as I said there, we was we've put under some pressure in the first half. But the second half, we seemed to come into it quite a lot, of you know, and pulled off normally, put off some saves and say. But as I said there, it was just terrific. I mean, Daily Mount was packed, and it was just a great atmosphere for both of the games.
1: For most of the Cork City players. This is their second final in a row. Now, last year didn't go to plan. They lost to Dundalk. Uh, You experienced something similar in 2001. You won it with Bohemians, but you lost the cup final the year before. Uh, Does that experience benefit you? And if so, how?
2: There's there's no sort of experience you can experience for a cup final. It's a one-off game and um, you've really got to approach it as in it is a one-off game and you've got to go, go all out for it and don't leave anything behind. I mean, that's that's the only experience that I sort of realised, even playing in European games. I mean, if it's knockout phase or anything like that, it's just, this is a game, this is a moment. Seize the moment and go for it. Because if you leave someone back in the locker, you're always going to regret and look back and say, look, I could have done this, could have done that. And you don't need to say that. You need to say, look, I did as much as I could do for the team and perform to the best of your ability and, and do what you can do for everybody. And, and hopefully it'll work out because things turn around in, in, in a flash and in a spark of a second and uh, you can win the game and lose the game in, in a split second so it's the experience of it is just just go out and try and enjoy it as much as you can I know it's a difficult thing to say it's a bit of a cliche but you really do have to look forward to it and grasp it with both hands
1: John Caulfield was part of that Cork City squad that won the Cup with you in 1998 we know what he's like as a manager uh, what was he like as a player what was he like um, around the dressing room and all that
2: he was busy He's just like he is in the interviews He's uh to squeak his voice And he, he knows what he wants And he loves what he wants And he's, he's a winner At the end of the day He's a winner And he, I think he's proven that so far In his managerial career as well As well as a playing career So John will, John will be giving it all You know To get the, to get the win for, for Cork City at the weekend
1: Cup winner with Cork City in 1998 And cup winner with your boys Bulls in 2001 what? Dave Hill
0: And also guitarist with Slade
1: No, nope, different Dave Hill
0: Oh yeah, the hair is different and he's not
4: a broomai.
0: Yeah, and he's a different Dave Hill. And he doesn't wear like uh platform shoes and sparkly silver trousers we from day don't to day. know. well, not day to
1: day, but we don't know.
0: Well, Dave Hill used to do that. There's a famous yeah. clip from Dave the Hill from Slade. Dave Hill from Slade okay, just to clarify. He used to live in this big, massive country pile that he bought when Slade became immensely popular in the seventies and he used to live next door to a girls' school, I believe. So he used to be inundated with fans, but you'd see him going out to collect his milk at the front doorstep and he'd still be in the Silver vests, silver trousers and platforms and the stupid, stupid hair. But just to uh, reiterate, a different Dave Hill.
1: You're 20 years old, you've got 500 girls next door, you've got girls all over the country shouting for Dave, shouting for the Slade. Yeah. How does it feel?
2: It feels great, you know. I mean, anybody who says it's not good is an idiot, you know. I mean, we we like being popular, it's great, you know.
1: Yeah. Let's move on from that conversation because it's weird, but uh, Slade, Dave Hill, different to former Cove Ramblers, player manager and former Cork City defender, and as we found out in that mid uh, that interview, midfielder, Dave Hill. Yeah. Um, Slade were great, though. Name one of their songs. Uh, I'm Sorry, I'm not testing you. I, just, I know you know this, but
0: I don't, so I'm just curious. You obviously know Merry Christmas, Everybody, their famous Christmas hit from 1973. Was 19- that a wizard? No, uh, Wizards was I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. Okay. I think there's like a year between them. They might have been the same well, year. Well, I hate Christmas, and they hate Christmas songs. They also so. did "Mama, we're all crazy now." Come on, feel the noise. Oh, come on. Goodbye to Jane. Noise. Yeah. Okay. Every day, you know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Far, so far away. The, okay, I take your point. They're well known. Slater, great. Except for their Christmas songs. Christmas songs are one of the great. Do you know what? I, I hate Christmas songs, but I'd love to write a successful one. You are made That's for your life.
0: Pension. You were made as we found life. out in the movie about a boy. I just, I love that movie so much. Do you like about a boy? Oh, I love that. I I've never wanted. I, it's I that kid's face.
1: I love Hugh Grant's character in that movie so much. I'm just sorry he kind of wussed out in the end and gave into society and
0: much like yourself, to
1: be like everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I just I, the kid's face annoys me, and that's why I can never like Skins. Nicholas or Holt. Yeah, never. You know, it's his face. He's yeah. okay as
1: Doctor Hank McCoy in X Men because a lot, a lot of the time, his face is covered. God, you're such a
0: nerd such a nerd shall we get the view from Cork
1: yes we shall um, will we intro Rory O'Hagan uh, from Red FM as live even though we did it yesterday
0: yep let's 100% do that Rory obviously a lot of the build up has been on Dundalk given their European exploits but Cork live. are coming back here again live. Uh, to the Aviva Stadium for the second year running but in cup finals Rory you've been hurt before yes
4: we've been hurt many times before and many times by Dundalk finishing runners up in the league three times with them that uh, runners-up in the Cup last year. I think everyone down here is sick of the sight of them, sick of hearing about them, sick of seeing their exploits on TV. Uh, and they want to get one over on them. City beat them a couple of times in the league this year, but it mattered for naught in the end. So this is their their, their chance to get revenge. And to finally finish with some silver, which I think they deserve for their exploits over the last three years, they've been excellent. Um, they just have been forced to come up against one of the best teams this country has ever seen in the League of Ireland history.
1: I heard Daniel McDonald say on Off the Ball last night on their League of Ireland slot, Cork must be sick of hearing about how great Dundalk are and they must be sick of being asked about Dundalk at this stage. Did you get that sense at the Cork City press day and do you get that sense at large from the Cork City fan base?
4: It's funny because I asked Kevin O'Connor that very same question yesterday. I said, look, are you, are you must be sick of the this. And he's like, no, no, no. He said, they're the standard bearers and we have to catch them. So, of course, we're going to hear about them. Of course, we're going uh, to, to of course we're gonna see them. So it's up for City to catch them, um, or to catch them, I should say. Um, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out on Sunday. I mean, like, the league ending uh, with a whimper for Cork City, um, ending, I suppose, that to feed up in Oriel Park a couple of weeks back, but it just ended um, just on a, a, a kind of a low note for Cork City. So it'll be interesting to see if they can pick themselves back up for the game on Sunday, and I suppose no better place to be uh, motivated and inspired by the home of uh, Irish football at the Aviva Stadium
0: Was there a sense that they already had an eye on this Cup Final because obviously we've known about it from a couple of weeks out and they, know, uh, well, they knew a couple of days sooner than Dundalk that they were going to be there Has there been a case that they were slightly distracted in those last couple of
4: games? I think so I think um, particularly from the Dundalk game on once they were beaten up in Noria Park I think perhaps um, they kind of said right look it's the FPL Cup Final for us now, and they might have took the ball off on the league Um I know Caulfield was resting players. He was giving younger players a chance in the last couple of games with an eye on Sunday's game. Greg Bolger didn't play at the weekend, for example, as he was uh, rested uh, for the weekend. So I think Caulfield has been targeting this for the last couple of weeks. he seemed very confident and relaxed in yesterday's press conference and talking about how good Dundalk are, but reinforcing in everyone's mind just how good a team Cork City are. And that is true. Um, what's What's been disappointing, I think, for Cork City fans is that if you look at this Cork City team from this year compared to last year, this Cork City team are streets ahead of the Cork City team last year and yet still finishing way behind Dundalk in the league uh, challenge so that has been massively disappointing but as I said Sunday I think is a chance for Cork City to put all that right finish with a bit of silverware and finish with uh, Finish the season on a high and kind of uh, give them all a confidence boost heading into the 2017
0: season. Without wanting to slaughter that uh, points to death about it, uh, you know, meeting Dundalk for the umpteenth time and then being the standard bearers, etc., cetera, etc. But this, of course, would mean more if Cork win this cup final. Then it would have done if they had it beaten Derry, uh, for instance, on Sunday.
4: Yeah, I think that's true. But also, I think um, Dundalk, I think, have a ready-made excuse. Um, if they're and to that they are in Russia this week for that Europa League side their plane was delayed yesterday with five hours so that's throwing their plans into disarray and they get back into to, to, to Dublin just a couple of days before the cup final so it'll be interesting to see um, how much that takes out of them on Sunday it'll be interesting to see what team Stephen Kenny puts out tomorrow night as well to see if he's got an eye in the cup final on Sunday um, but yeah as I say maybe that um, that um, that plane journey will take a lot out of uh, Dundalk's Remains to be seen, but I don't want that to be an excuse either. Of course, City beat Dundalk, and so they want to be on the romance. I want them to beat the best Dundalk team that is out there, and I don't want people to be saying, "Oh, it's just because Dundalk are on a plane." Yeah. But I think that's what people are going to naturally draw a conclusion from Cause there, cause this know?
0: fella next to me has just been insisting for the last couple of weeks that there, you know, there should be technically an asterisk beside this cup final because of what Dundalk are having to go through in terms of their schedule and having to go to Petersburg and come back and and play just a couple of days later. That 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 somehow it's kind of almost the same as if uh, a cup final has settled on penalties or if there's, you know, players missing, et cetera, et cetera, that it's diminished in some respect. Do you get that sense in Cork? Uh,
4: no. Um, I don't think anyone would care like what the box travel arrangements are if uh, Greg Balder lists the cup on Sunday, to be perfectly honest. Um, Dundalk, I suppose, it's been well documented that they have been the, the victims of their own success and uh, as victims, I suppose, as well of an incredibly short League of Ireland season. They've had to play two games a week for the last six, seven weeks. It's, it's it's baffling as to why the, the League of Ireland season is so short and teams have had to play midweek games on top of uh, their, their, their regular week game games the season should be extended but I suppose that's a, a, a different point for a different day but I don't mm-hmm. think anyone in Cork is going to care that, that uh, Dundalk had to, had to travel back from Russia um, yeah. ahead of the game once as I as said Greg Bolger gets his hands in the Cup and listens on Sunday Yeah, just
1: before we let you go Rory last year in the Cup final Cork City just did not perform they didn't raise it for the big day as you say, they have evolved since their style has changed. Do you think that that experience will benefit them? Is there a lot of kind of reflecting back on that day as they look forward to this?
4: Yeah, it's a huge um, source of motivation for Cork City. They feel like they didn't perform last year, and I suppose even looking back at last year, City played quite well, but they just didn't create any real mm. chances of note in that game. And it was the lapse in concentration and the low which told him to score that goal. Um there is a sense of unfinished business. There is an air of revenge uh, from coming from the City squad. They want to put uh, right what they didn't do last year. And John Caulfield's team selection will be very, very interesting on Sunday to see if he's going to go at Dundalk and attack them, or if he's going to contain them like he tried to do last year, in which he did very effectively for a lot of the game until that goal, uh, and try and cast them on the counter-attack. I hope City go and attack Dundalk they might be tired. They will be tired from that uh, that trip to Russia. City have the players to do it this year. Sean McGuire has been on fire as the chant uh, has been going in the shed end. Uh, it'll be hopefully they can get the ball to him because they didn't get the ball to Minoria Park in Cork City yeah. suffered. Um, so if they can get the ball into Sean McGuire, if they can get it into him early, um, I think that there is goals in this Cork City team. Yeah. If Caulfield goes on the attack, and that's a very very big if because we've known that Caulfield can be quite cautious when it comes to big games like this yeah. so if Cork City go on the attack if they can get at the dock I think Cork City will win on Sunday
1: and City struggled to get the ball to Maguire in last year's final because he wasn't at the club at the time and that was the <laughs> major reason there uh, no that was
4: that I was talking about Oriel Park a couple of weeks ago
1: no I know I know I'm, I was oh, cracking was a trying joke to at, at my own expense
4: it. oh yeah Phil
0: of course we might edit this part
4: uh, Rory, and I, say, got- and I say leave it in. <laughs> I, if, if, yeah, that's if,
0: staying in. If, if anything makes it look like Gushy and Langen hasn't got any comedy timing or chops whatsoever, it bloody well stays in. It's not well, my you fault. Just
4: have a
1: conversation with him for four minutes, and you'd realise that as well. It's not my fault. Rory didn't pick up on the gag, so to speak. Uh, Rory and Kenny's voice to make it better.
0: <laughs> G-
1: Rory, you've uh, you've. Got- <laughs> R- and uh, Rory, there's no clash here because off the ball goes off the air at six o'clock this Sunday. But you guys have a, a post-game show from six o'clock on Red FM.
4: Yeah, live from the Aviva Stadium. We will have uh, Dan Murray, Billy Woods, and Joe Gamble joining us as a special guests to analyse what will hopefully be a Cork City win. Can I be on it? Yes, if you want.
1: Oh, Class. You want to get ready? the jokes? Home. Get Leave ready the quote-unquote
0: jokes at home. <laughs> come on, come on. Think, come on. Think of the Jane Lors. You know, think of what this will yeah. do for you. you Rory, know, this is not going to be good.
1: Rory, if you don't do it, Sky will. <laughs> Rory O'Hagan right. Thank you very much And uh, folks If you didn't get A lot of the jokes in there You haven't listened to enough Pat Kenny Or Adam Partridge Rory cheers Enjoy Sunday
4: Thanks guys Speak to you soon
0: uh, It's enough On the cup final for now And thank you to Rory From Red FM For that Thanks hour. Rory we'll He's c- ju-
1: We're just after Hanging He's up just on him Because we did it live Lance On Armstrong Thursday Let's Not, not Wednesday Stop now. It's not like I couldn't nail down guests and you and I couldn't meet up and do this. As
0: we speak, O'Shean, <clears throat> tomorrow night is the All-Star Awards. We already know who the football team of the year is. We're not going to get into that here because that's not the point of the discussion. The point of the discussion is uh, Lee Chin's going to be at the All-Stars tomorrow and not, and not double underlined, at the second leg at United Park of Drogheda's promotion relegation playoff with Lee Chin's Wexford Youths. Chin, of course, scored one of the goals in their 2-0 victory uh, during the week in the first leg, but uh, released a tweet in the aftermath of it, along with an accompanying video of said goal, saying that's me signing off for now and thanking the uh, youth's support and the uh, the staff for all their help over the past while. And he is not going to be playing tomorrow night.
1: Before we debate this, let's... Hear exactly what it meant To Wexford Youths That goal They lead 2-0 Going into the playoff Against Drogheda It's on tomorrow night In United Park The uh, second leg Of that playoff Here is the commentary From the Wexford Youths Mixler account ca- This is done by club followers They do it On a voluntary basis And, and this is what This chin goal Meant to them
3: Shoot It's It's 2-0
2: It's It's chin 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 Brilliant
1: yeah, absolutely. I love I love when people scream into mics.
0: It's for <laughs> yeah. great audio. I love the passion of it now, and, and and it's it's clear to hear, which makes me wonder all the more how they would figure how it's gone down, in Wexford that chin, albeit you know we knew and we covered it when we t- spoke to Shane Keegan in the aftermath of him signing, um, that it was going to be a short term thing, that he was going to be heading back to the hurling in November, heading back to the hurling is is no issue at all. Heading back to doing what his you know stock and trade essentially is in the sporting sense is is no hassle at all. The timing of it is so off for me. and especially to go to something like the All-Stars. It's not as if he's playing a game. It's not as if he's playing uh, you know some preseason tournament for Wexford. it's not as if he's playing a club final. He's going to the All-Stars to probably not win one. So essentially he's going to a piss-up in a tux and not playing in what is it's definitely the most important game of the season and could be the most important game for some number of years for Wexford youths firstly we don't know if this is a
1: ruse from Wexford I suspect it might be I know that uh, on Friday night if it turns out that Lee does go to the All-Stars then I'll look like an idiot second of all he doesn't owe Wexford anything I'm not saying his first love is hurling
0: that's grand that'd be fine why shouldn't he go because it's an award ceremony he's not going to play a match he's going to sit in his hole and applaud other people like it, it just beggars belief that if you're it makes everybody in this instance look bad it makes How? Wexford look bad for taking How? him on board if he's not it makes Keegan look
1: like a genius that he's got that second goal and they're probably going no, to be okay doesn't. yes it, it does it,
0: we don't know they're probably going to be okay they could be hockeyed 4 nothing on Friday night And, you know, down already we've seen seen the depletion of their squad due to a number of the lads which you can't blame them at all for economic reasons heading off to Dunedin. That's fine. If you're heading off for economic reasons, if you've gotten a transfer somewhere else, if you've got another reason to be somewhere else that isn't sitting at an award ceremony. Like, it's just... Maybe, right? Having slogged his guts
1: out all year round, having gone through horrific injuries... But don't get involved with the club! Spill blood for Don't Wexford. No, no. Let me finish. Having spilled blood for Wexford, maybe he feels like he deserves to meet up with his peers, who yeah. are hurlers, by the way, not football players or oh, soccer players. Here we go. Right? They're his peers, and he needs a night out with them. And he needs to. <laughs> you can still to... have it? No, like, you can't because you you're can't. 45 because the All Stars up the road. No, the All Stars only happens once a year. You're Forty-five minutes. The All Stars only happens
0: once what a year. What time the game would finish? At what quarter? To... Will be all out of the way by about quarter to quarter to ten at the latest by the time everything's done have yourself a quick shower throw on the tux get yourself in a car and head down the M1 you're going to be there by 11 o'clock when the meat and drink of the night is actually going on and the dull part of proceedings which is sitting there in the hall and watching everybody collect awards is out of the way you get to have the crack afterwards it's like the after like the actual
1: I just think his decision doesn't deserve to be questioned He's done this, I presume, if not on a voluntary basis, he's not probably getting massive money for it. No, of course not. If he has got anything, he deserves it, as does anyone who plays in the you're going to But if you're going to play for a club, you're either all in or you're not. Well, he is all in. He was all, I can guarantee you, I don't know Lee Chin on, on a personal level, but I just know, by what I know of Lee Chin, that when he was in, he was in. And he provided, you know, he didn't have to do this. To a degree. Because there was, there, was no, there was no real benefit to him of doing this. Well, then don't do it. But he did it, Richie. He like put himself on the line and did it. You know people putting, are just putting so yourself, putting keen yourself to on the line. snipe at you if something goes wrong for whatever reason. I, nothing but has but gone he wrong. ignored that and he did it.
0: Nothing has gone wrong here from his point of view. He's, he's played pretty well. He's obviously scored that goal uh, that we've heard. And I just think that another 90 minutes wouldn't have hurt him.
1: I want to have you slag off Lee Chin. He stands up to bullies. Like you... <laughs> Mm. alright Amo grand, <laughs> fair enough I just, no, but I, another, I just don't think he. I just don't think his decision should be questioned no, if, if the, the, the guy has put it on the line he's worked hard he's done what he's done there are two instances where this is fine
0: there are two instances where this is fine, yeah. are this is fine. Wexford, are, Wexford are already guaranteed safety and we are for some reason into a last round of games whereby their game against you know whether it be Pats or whoever means nothing yeah. that's fine don't play it that's grand Yeah. Uh, or he's going off to play for Wexford or he's going off to play in a Wexford final this weekend absolutely, by all means, don't play. If you're going to sit in your hole in a convention centre in Dublin, it's not really a decent excuse, regardless of whether somebody is, and I hated seeing this description, he, during, the, he's, he's seeing this description yeah. during the week, whether somebody is a hurling person or if somebody is a, I'm doing massive air quotes here for those listening, obviously. Yeah. or if somebody is a football person. That's ridiculous. Okay, that argument I don't accept. That is just but, nonsense. But I think he
1: he has given it all. Wexford is not his first commitment. Wexford youths and he is a hurler He's and a the biggest night of the year to celebrate hurling outside the All Ireland final that's for fans yeah. but no, but for the all stars that's for players to celebrate it and i think it would be i think it would be but we know it'd be disrespectful is, to say he 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 doesn't deserve to go or he shouldn't go not, not i'm, I'm not, not saying no, no not yeah, saying yeah yeah sorry i'll clarify that i'll yeah. clarify that but it would be, I, I think it's disrespectful to say it's a bad decision because
0: uh, I don't think it's disrespectful to say it's a bad decision. I yeah. think I think if he's made the decision, to, uh, I think anybody, whether, and I don't have uh, an iron in this far at all as regards Wexford uh, Wexford support, uh, I think anybody would have the right to question it. Nope. <laughs> you can't say no. I can't say you no. You can't just say that's, I not, say a, no. that's not an argument. That's not, that's no, not, because it's just,
1: it's not up to football fans to judge
0: him for not going. Uh, I he's reckon, done what he's agreed to do. I reckon uh, judging his... I reckon you've, you've a right to question it. Nope. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion on this one. No, we're not. Uh, you can tweet your abuse to at Ocean Langan or at Richie McGormick if you want to get involved in this one. Who would have thought I'd defend a hurler? Especially one from Wexford. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. How the world has turned. Yeah. Uh, right. We better get to this quickly because we've rabbited on for, for for long enough. Uh, one of the great things that come out of the week was... Pat Flynn's retirement statement and I shouldn't take that well because he had to pop off bow supporters not once but twice within that statement as well which was pretty pretty nasty well maybe when you hear the interview you'll understand <laughs> why listen you have to be able to uh, to take it as well as give it etc etc so you know
1: well um, Pat Flynn uh, retired during the week uh, formerly of Shamrock Rovers Obviously did great things with them In the Europa League uh, Formerly of Longford Town Formerly of Waterford United Am I missing out anyone here?
0: Uh, There's another one in there as well Was with
1: Wolves as a kid Would admit himself That he didn't quite make it with them That was hard to take at the time Uh, Also played with Shelburne He did Got relegated with Shelburne And Longford We talk about that Um, But first I asked him how he reacts to the reaction To the statement Brilliant I'm not going to read it now uh, Because <laughs> if you don't know The statement Then you I think it's fair to say That you're having a breeze What you're on about And exactly. I wonder what uh, you're doing yeah. Listening to a League yeah. of Ireland sta- uh, f- Football podcast You've come this far Yeah exactly If it, basically, I would be shocked If anyone who listens to this Fairly niche podcast Doesn't know the <laughs> statement So very niche And if for some reason That you don't or haven't seen the statement, uh, go and find it before you listen to this Pat Flynn um, interview. And fair play to Pat Flynn. His house, which is right next to Tallaght Stadium. He wasn't lying about that. I did pick him up on it. I said, let me see. I walked outside the door. I could see the floodlights. So he wasn't lying. His story checks out. He's a rovers, man. You have to check these things. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he invited me into his house and we had a nice long chat about his retirement, about maybe what he plans to do in the future, and about who in the League of Ireland... He loved to kick. Come on, Bows. The answer, Killian Brennan. You kind of spoiled it now. <laughs> Pat, before we talk about your career, I want to talk about your amazing statement. Where did that come from? What gave you the inspiration to write something very, very different to the norm?
5: Well, uh, after the match, uh, I wasn't going to put, uh, well, didn't put anything up before the match. I wanted the lads to concentrate, sort on the game because we hadn't got a home win all season. Uh, but my sister put up something, and it sort of took off from there. So after the game, the day after, I said to myself, "I better have a few people to say thanks." Then I, I couldn't cover everybody, so I just start naming it, and it just started flowing. It took me about twenty five minutes of sitting in bed writing it, and it took me about twenty five minutes to write, and then I was, I just said, oh, "I'll put a bit more in." the sort of, for kids or people like that who want to get into football or might give up, and uh, just to show them what I achieved, by purely hard work and not really a lack of any great skill in fairness but uh mainly hard work and persistence so i wrote it and i just put it up sort of as a thank you i didn't think it'd take off as it did i I didn't mean it to and uh just i've been getting a lot of nice comments it sort of feels like i've died but i can see what people (laughs) are writing about yeah Yeah. but uh it's it's a nice feeling now as well so yeah um but that's the first and last statement I'll be doing, I'd say.
1: <laughs> what surprised you about the reaction? I mean, what is the, the the feedback that you've been getting that you kind of thought, well, that wasn't my main point when writing this statement, but it's interesting that that's what people are saying.
5: Uh, I think a lot of people seem to be saying how genuine it was and how different it was to probably, oh, I don't know, a Premier League star or someone like that. Well, was, you wrote it
1: yourself, first of all. I, I wrote, it, I wrote it, it
5: myself, yeah. and it, it was from the heart. Everything just flowed, I think. The reason i think people because everything was the truth like if you walk, walked out here at night you could see the floodlights at Halla stadium right down the road um, and all, all the players that played were they're true Um, everything and it was just true i think that sort of resonated with a lot of people and it, it rang true to them and they've just been saying how genuine it was and how refreshing it was and it's good to hear back like yeah. That, that a lot of people are retweeting it, Ian Wright, right, and Match of the Day, things like that. Yeah. And they're saying how genuine it was. So I was yeah. happy enough with that.
1: It came out a week as well where Victor uh, Anichibi put out a tweet which he forgot to edit. Obviously, someone in the social media team said to him, can you say something like the lads gave it an effort today, but it wasn't to be. And he actually left the line about, can you say something like, no. <laughs> and that happened last week. And I think your statement followed a couple of days afterwards. So it just, it kind of showed the difference between, I'm not saying that Premier League stars aren't genuine guys, but yeah. they live in a different world. And I think your statement kind of summed
5: that up nicely. Yeah, well, that's, that's sort of the league, air league probably is a different world. It's a lot of lads who've probably had a lot of hard knocks over in England. A lot of them haven't made it came home and there's a lot of lads i've played with who've been 10 times better than me and they didn't make it in england and to them that's the dream over and they just stop so you have two options then to come back and start again or what do you do so i i came back start again and be like a lot of lads in the league and i I feel like um the statement sort of rang through to that and that's that's basically it I i can't believe the statement took off as it did but um, I don't really know what to say. Yeah, <laughs> you seem kind of
1: surprised, even that you know this thing has drawn the attention it has. Um, when you came back from England, what was that like? I mean, because there's the there's the image from maybe people who follow the league or people who barely follow the league that guys coming back from England maybe feel like they've something to prove or they themselves view themselves as having not made it and th- th- that's something they have to get over when they get back. Was that the feeling you had or? Was it a feeling that you had, but you realised, actually, that's 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 not correct? Or how do you view it now
5: in the the, the, the cold light of day? Well, I we came back I came back to Waterford, and because I was in England, I think a lot of the fans were expecting big things of me. Uh, the first year, they weren't mad at me at all. I was a hard-working yeah. player. I wasn't skillful, didn't they? He, we're a hard bunch of people to please, I know, Waterford. I know that, play, I know that now. And my second year, they realised what my game was about, and they, they seemed to just hate me. They loved me. They loved the hard work and I think, I think that's, that's sort of what they liked about me down there and a lot of lads have to get over that when, when they come home and just keep the head up, try work a lot harder to keep yourself in the game because yeah. so many brilliant players fall over just by purely their dreams over in England and that's it, they stop playing altogether. Yeah. How did you keep enjoying it when
1: you say that the Waterford fans didn't take to you immediately because i imagine if you're not enjoying it it's very hard to stay at it
5: yeah i did, didn't enjoy it um it was the water for fans would because there wasn't so many down there you could hear it when they'd shout a bit of abuse at you with a two-hour journey down the old roads before the new motorway was built and that was two or three nights a week and th- but then we got over that and just purely again through hard work that's when they took to me and my game started to improve and they took to me it's like a lot of football is about confidence and um after we did really well at water for them my second year the fans like me and Rovers came in with me then and that's something I would have like dreamed about probably when I know Robbie Keane says the whole dream thing a lot but <laughs> like after the England dream is up I think that's every kid's dream. Like for me back home when I fell in love with the league again, Rovers is the team I always wanted to go to and thankfully that came about for me. And what do you remember about your time in Rovers, as in what stands out? Is it,
1: as you said in the statement, marking Cristiano Ronaldo? Is it coming up against Juventus in the Europa League and doing what you did there? Or is it just the the day in, day out, working with the lads, working with the, and this is very hard for me to say as a Cork City fan, working with a great club, working with a great
5: manager, Michael Neal. What stands out? Uh, There's so much. First of all, when I came, we were at Tolga Park, and those fans at Tolga Park, to me, are the sort of hardcore rovers fans that travel everywhere with them and they came to tallow we inherited a lot more fans when we went to tallow and those fans are here the whole time but the ronaldo thing was just a lucky t- it was a lucky matchup yeah. we got lucky we didn't earn that or anything like that so it didn't as good as it was the play and it didn't mean much the event this thing was great uh, winning the league for me out in Bray for the first time in a while was the best feeling i've ever had in my life and include marriage everything in that <laughs> but that there's a group of 20 lads and they work their socks off for the whole season just to get that feeling of 30 minutes after a match and you can't match that feeling yeah. and you'll always have it with you regardless if you lose your medal or whatever happens you'll always have that mm. so that was that's probably the standout thing about rovers for me and to me i know a lot of people will disagree the fans are the best in ireland I've come into your home, so I won't insult you by arguing the point. But look, um, you
1: mentioned in your statement you were a fan who got lucky. Now, I think you were being extremely modest in that.
5: Um, I, I thought so. I, I was doing okay at Waterford, and Alan Reynolds was there at Waterford at the time. Yeah. I think he mentioned me the Pat Scully, and I probably would have been a similar player to Pat Scully. I just kicked balls, kicked people. So then when I signed for overs, yeah. I was playing left back for the first while. I haven't got a left foot to my name. And the fans pretty similar to all of it, they could've liked or hate me. It was I was sorta of nothing. Then they seen how hard I worked. They, they knew the sort. They knew I was an average player. They seen how hard I worked to get into the team every week. And I got into the team every week and they loved me when I played and then when I got sent off they didn't love me so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I was to me it was I I was really lucky. Uh to exactly what i said in the statement i feel like i'm going back to the statement but yeah that's the standout moment for me like when i pull out my house and see the floodlights and then i go up you can smell the sausage and chips you pull on the jersey you go out you can hear the fans singing you get the goosebumps and then you go out and play and that's anything can happen in that 90 minutes and that's what i think is brilliant about football because a lot of teams now like barcelona teams like that a lot of passing will happen in 90 minutes. In the League of Ireland, anything could happen. It could be sendings off, scuffles. could be three or four now matches. could be a boring and draw. But to me, that's football. That's Lads go for a point after and discuss what happened. That's what it should go back to. I feel there's a lot of overcoaching now. And sometimes you just need to let lads play as well. Yeah, You mentioned the red mist there. You had a little bit of that in your career. How did you eventually kind of
1: get rid of that how
5: did you manage that um i have to credit liam buckley with that he left me on a bench for a whole year so <laughs> i don't think i got sent off but uh i don't know oh, seriously um it was something i was, I was conscious of my yeah. whole career like i'd be quite placid off the pitch and then something happens when i cross the line uh i i tried to cut it out in my games and because of my reputation referees if it was a yellow card they still might send me off you know I, I couldn't blame them on half the sentence off either, but um, when I did take a bit of the aggression in the game, I lost a bit of my game yeah. as well. So I needed it, but we just needed a fine line. I felt Tony Cousins at Longford managed it very well. He instead of him shouting at me, he used to get one of the players beside me to shout, and I took that yeah. a bit better. So, um, I, I honestly I don't think I ever managed it. It was it was just always there. Like I probably got a couple of sendings off a year maybe, but yeah. um, honestly. I don't trigger any of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's absolutely brilliant. We mentioned um, Michael O'Neill leading you to great nights in the Europa League. I mean, that must have been... I was going to say dreamland. That's probably the wrong phrase to use, but it must have been uh, pretty amazing because you, you and you used the phrase yourself earlier in this interview. You earned that. That wasn't just like a big friendly game you got against Real Madrid, which was a great occasion. But as you say, it wasn't earned. This was earned. You had some great nights.
5: Yeah, we. that's exactly what it was. It wasn't... We worked our socks off. Uh he Michael brought in great players. He brought in outside the league as well, which I think the league needs to do again. And as well with Michael coming in, the Rovers board should get huge because they went outside to get him. Mm. Uh he's the best manager I've worked with. His philosophy, everything is so in depth. His knowledge of the game is great, but he set out his team how to play. If we ever played the UCD or um say, a Waterford that year, who would have been lowly down the league, would never play the match because we would have had a lot of the ball and I wasn't outstanding was on the ball. If you know, we played Bowes, where I might have to mark Achillion Brennan or Cork, where Mark Liam Kearney, he'd play me because he knew I'd get stuck in and we'd be probably on the back foot for a lot of those games. Mm. So, tactically, he was aware. Uh, the European thing, we, you're right, we did earn that. We we pushed on and pushed on with great signings that year. Then the Belgrade game was me like the rocky story we went out and um, they were all booing us they were throwing bananas at our keeper ryan thompson and by the end they all stood up to clap him at the very end because he, he was outstanding that game when we got through now as well as we played that game that was one game we probably got lucky in as well but we were the better team that day as well i thought and got through to the group stages and that's sort of when I parted with rovers then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it was a hell of a high to leave it with though, wasn't it? And when you say Michael O'Neill selected <coughs> you for a game that you would suit, did that make it easier for you to accept in games that, that you weren't playing? Because that's the toughest thing I imagine in football management, and it's the toughest thing as a player to not get selected for games. But at least when you know there's a there's common sense to it and there's a reason to it, maybe it does make it easier to accept.
5: Yeah, well, I sort of it was only the, probably the year after I left that I realised the games i played and why i played and i said well he was obviously playing me in those games for those reasons and what michael was was a great man manager so the lads who were in the starting 11 look after themselves he managed the other 10 lads brilliantly he did so there was never anybody storming out of dressing rooms or anything like that they're the hard lads to manage and like as hard as it was when i was dropped for some games i'd come into the next game would give it my all i think I think that's what Micah had there as well. He had probably about six or seven really, really good players and probably about six or seven really hungry players that he knew could come in and out of squads. He didn't have any sort of big names sitting on benches or anything like that. So there's a lot of clever signings by him. Um, So he's really one manager that I love now. Yeah, There's a bit in the statement I wanted to ask
1: you about and I was kind of thinking about it when I was reading it. If I reference my other half on air, she doesn't particularly like it. You referenced your other half and the line you used was, and I don't want to get it wrong, but it was something like the passion she showed off the field was the same as she showed in the bedroom or something like that that allowed you to correct me if I'm wrong on that. I do wonder how she reacted when she saw that or did you get pre-approval?
5: um we didn't she was actually the passion in the bedroom that night was very low because she was asleep I was writing a statement at about <laughs> half nine and um i wrote the statement sent it and turned over to go to sleep myself and i seen her phone lighting up when i knew her friends probably seeing it so she woke up and said she read something that the girl said you sent something did you and i says ah, no nothing she went back asleep her phone died and um, woke up the next morning she goes oh my god but she takes it she <laughs> she, she's a good attitude about her. yeah yeah and um, she's good crack she she takes things like that very well yeah not literally yeah.
1: <laughs> well i'm i'm glad i'm glad she's a good sense of humor because you were you were on thin ice with that one i imagine um what are the the, the the highlight moments of your career? It's it's I know it's a bit of a cliched question to ask of a player who's just asked his retirement or who's just announced his retirement, but but what are they?
5: Uh, I was trying to think after all this time what the actual highlights were. Um, winning the league with Longford was great, just because Tony made me fall back in love with the game after yeah. being in and out of teams. Um, there was, we won a Youth Olympics medal with Ireland as well, working with Brian Kerr and Noel O'Reilly. Um. Was excellent. One of the medals, and one with Saint Lawrence's me school. It was just because it was with all my own friends. It was a Leinster uh, soccer game, but the Rovers first league win to me, and just getting to pull on the Rovers jersey. To be honest, with you, like I know it's sounds sort of cliche, but to pull it on and to have fans sing your name, it is what you dream of as as a child. And I was lucky enough to have that
1: with Rovers. I suppose it's it's kind of a magical connection. But for you, it's 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 a new breed because you are too young to remember Milltown. So I'm just curious to know how you got kind of so into rovers, despite the fact that when you were growing up, they were a nomad club and all this great tradition was something of the past really.
5: Yeah. Well, I, I, I probably only went to watch them probably two or three times. Uh, once with a friend, I think my dad brought me once. And I remember watching Tony Cousins and if you would, we would have went out more. Bray was closer to us where we were from originally. Hmm. Um, we would have went out there. And I remember watching loads of the Rovers players coming, and when the fans travelled with them then as well, probably the same group of fans as that was in Tolke and as there, this is the club to be to be at. Um, I think at the time they played out in Santry so there was really no way for us to get mm. over there. But um it's when I when I went to the club then it sorta of, I thought after I left the club Rovers, um, I would have fell out of love with it, but it stayed with me strong and I'm planning next year if unless they want to give me a free season ticket but I'm planning on buying one for me and the kids because the kids are mad into yeah. football now and with Tala on their doorstep uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't go down to follow the local club. Yeah well Stephen McPhail has just been made the director
1: there you might give him a call would you like to get involved with coaching get involved with uh, kind of, even if it's you know the community rather than the first team or anything like that? Yeah
5: well long term it's something I'd like to do uh, me personally I'm going to concentrate on my job for a while they've been very good to me uh, Coca-Cola and I was looking at going back, because I left school in Forge, I was looking at going back and doing social care or something like mm. that in college. But um, if it was a chance to get involved in Rovers or somehow, uh, I'd, I'd have a good, long, hard think about it. Um, so i will we'll see what happens. I'm in no rush to get into anything at the moment. And anyway, yeah, is
1: that one aspect you'd like to see League of Ireland teams, if they have these underage teams... Uh, in the next couple of years because talk about that to make sure that guys get education they stay in school because football as you know yourself it doesn't guarantee you anything
5: yeah well education to me is the big thing I had four or three years of it in uh, England college any course I wanted and I did nothing I did an Irish course in a pub with seven lads who moved over in the 60s so uh, I, I didn't do anything with my education so yeah. I, that's one thing I'd push and uh, hopefully the FAO will do that the kids need to stay involved, but um, it'd be interesting to see what happens. So yeah, I would be more wor- like worried about teams like big clubs like Crumlin and Joey's teams like that. What's going to happen them now with all these League of Ireland clubs start so practice? All these clubs like Kevin's and all they've been huge clubs throughout yeah. the years. What's going to happen them now? But I'm sure there's a plan there.
1: I'm absolutely confident there always is uh, with the FAI. Um,
5: did you? Did you
1: keep any of the Irish? Do you still speak the Irish? words. Uh, <laughs> Before I leave you, I want to ask you a couple of questions yep. and you can be as honest yep. or as non-honest as you want. <laughs> um, we've asked your standout memory in the league. I think you've said the league win.
5: Yeah.
1: Hardest person to mark in the league?
5: Um, hardest person to mark in the league would be Christy Forrester. I, th- I think, for me, still getting overlooked for the Ireland team. Uh, I think... He's been one of the best players. There's a lot of big, big names, but the way Forrester used to play, he's very similar to Paddy McCourt. Glides by players. He's very good in the air. Um, now he's a sitting midfielder over there. His passing range has improved, but, and he was a good lad as well. So I, li- I like to see lads who are good lads and work hard at the game. Uh, so to me, he's probably the hardest player to play against. Favourite person to kick in the league? Um, I, li- I like to kick kicking Killian Brennan. I, when I first played against him, he was one of these players he's he was a brilliant player he had beautiful hair he would lovely white boots and I was saying to myself just a target wasn't yeah he's was a target it. so I kicked him and little did I know, now he kicked me back and <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't have been it I was at Waterford and teams like that so I was always trying to get up to where he was so to me it was a big game to play against him when I had to mark him and uh It was always a tough game. We came back with bruises. So probably Killian Brennan was the one I liked to kick and the one I liked getting kicks off as well. That kind
1: of answers my next question. Person you were most afraid to kick?
5: Alan Reynolds. uh, Derek Pender would be another one. We went in for a few tackles now. Um, But I'd probably say Alan Reynolds. I'd say if you kicked him, you you might get a knock at your door in the middle of the night.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Must be a Waterford
5: thing. Um, Favourite ground? Um, the favourite ground to win at was Daly Mount uh, by a mile. I loved Inja car, I loved the way the fans are on top of you uh, you can hear everything they're saying well, I loved going up to Derry as well I know the fans are a bit far but the fans it's one club I would have loved to play for in the league uh, the fans are great if I had to play it up there I would have never come back <laughs> Least favourite ground and this can be
1: a because you just don't like the ground, or B because maybe it has bad memories.
5: Um, least favourite ground would probably say well, th- probably Talca. Um, everything was everything was there for shells. Um, just probably it's not the ground itself. It's the memories I had there at the club. We thought we were a really good team. Um, on paper well not really good but a team that could have stood up quite handily and we didn't and I think it was down just to not working hard it wasn't down to any skill and we thought we let the fans down that year uh, really bad Is that the, the, the worst memory you have of playing in the league? Uh, it probably Like I've had a few sendings off and that's a personal thing you have to get over but mm. I've, I've got relegated with Waterford and Longford now um, Waterford we were the worst team we deserved to go down uh, with Longford this year, We again, I, on paper, we could have been better than a couple of teams. Just the way it went, we deserved to go down again. But with that year of Shells, um, it's the standout. And I don't, I don't know why it hurts me so much because I'm not a Shells fan at all. Yeah. Um, and I left the year after. It was hard to leave because I would have liked to get them back up. But personally, I, I chose to go to Longford because I had to look long term. I thought Longford to bounce straight back up instead and it proved to be right but the Shells thing is, was the hardest one to take now it probably was a low light of my career alright worst manager to come up against it's a very open question I appreciate uh, Um, there's a few uh, I think Pat Fenlon's called me a few names before but uh, I think it was just in the heat of the moment um, I'm trying to think Paul Cook I don't think he liked me too much either and I'm trying to think Me and Roddy Collins got in a bit of a scuffle there down in Waterford in pre-season as well. So I think I told him I'd have a go at him. But when I got into the dressing room, he didn't follow me and I was delighted. (laughs) Thank God.
1: Did you like that when um, opposition managers or fans were shouting at you? Because if they were doing that, it meant that they were kind of afraid of you. I remember Alan Reynolds when he played for... uh, It was either Rovers or Waterford when he came to Turner's Cross to play against Cork City. He was booed. And after the game, he said... I actually wanted them to boo more. I'm disappointed that it wasn't as loud as I would like to, would have liked it to be.
5: Uh, yeah, it's something, at the start, like when you first start getting booed, you don't want it. but as the years went on, it was, it was, it's like a game. Like they're, yeah. they're waiting for you to make a mistake so they can cheer you. You're waiting to score so you, you can give them a bit back. In my head now, I'm thinking of the balls fans particularly. Uh, I remember one lad ran right down from the top of the stand as about to take a throw in all the way down. And Said, come here, you Flynn. So we went over to him and pretended to hit him, and he flinched. And a few other Bowes fans behind him were all laughing at him. So, but yeah. then, like, they built me. I got coke, as I said, I got coke bottles thrown off my head, uh, tires slashed in my car. Uh, was, wow, yeah, just the one tire now, but uh, okay, well, it was, that's it. Was, it, was, yeah. it was all in good fun.
1: <laughs> it was all in wow, you really do have a good sense of humor, you really do let things go. You've you've you're, you're kind of like a league of ireland gandhi Will were, were your tires slashed at the ground or
5: yeah, it was slashed outside so it, it might not have been having to do a fan there was one tire slashed uh, on okay. my coca-cola van so it was a pretty okay and it, it was, was an, goes, yeah, was an okay. easy target to pick uh I, I don't know whether it was fans or not but yeah. i had a spare tire so yeah well, joke's on them isn't <laughs> it yeah
1: um what would be your advice to young players who are maybe coming back from england at the moment or even young players who are involved in the fringes of League of Ireland squad a, a, a young you what would you say to him
5: Um, probably the best thing I did as a young me if you if come back from England go and play I don't think it's of any benefit sitting at a big team on a bench I think you need to go and play build up uh, the type of person and player you're going to be um, when you come back from England surround yourself with your friends and family because it's re- it's really tough when you come back it is it is the dream over Um. Just keep, just keep at it. Hard work and all those knocks, uh, whether it's injuries, getting sent home from England, relegations, they make you a stronger person. And when you win something, all you'll appreciate all those knocks so much more, and you appreciate what you've won so much more because you've had those knocks. So we think we just go and play as much as you can anywhere. A message to Mark Roster, who offered to be your legs. Ah. Uh, I can't believe, I can't believe he said that. It was just, I was standing in the match, I thought he was joking when he said it, because uh, two things happened, he said that to me, and he said they'll be your legs, and I looked, and he wasn't joking, and then in the three games from the end, we played Derry, and Patterson said, just turn the ball in behind, you can't effing run, and I was standing right beside him, I was there, said, I'm not made of stone, you know, <laughs> so I think that they were the, deci- made me, uh, yeah. were the final decision to make me retire, so. I, I couldn't move, in fairness. <laughs> and your message to the Longford fans? Um, I I don't want to say I'm sorry that I just got relegated because I'd never apologise for trying hard. But uh, I'd say support your club, get behind them. Um, I think maybe the board and the club need to work together uh, to get fans back in the door. They need a couple of local players there, maybe. Uh, it would, it's, it's hard. I don't know whether yeah. they're all connected with the GAA or whether they're just not good enough um, but stick with your club and hopefully we get back up. Would you be interested
1: in writing statements for retiring players from here on in as a full-time job?
5: It depends how much they are paying with and um, I think that was a once-off it just rolled for me I think of any players they want to just be honest be honest to yourself and be honest yourself when you're playing in football as well just be honest work hard. Are we kind of afraid of players showing personality
1: in sport and has your retirement statement showing it's okay it's grand it's actually people actually respond well to it they like it when they kind of feel like they're getting to know the players because if, you know if they come
5: across as robotic it's just it just makes them that become kind of further away it separates us more from them that that's that's the feeling i got from the statement i didn't i didn't uh know there's a sort of distance in players you can see it in the Premier league now uh until i wrote the statement but the response i've got has been brilliant from it if players are more open and sort of not not mixed of fans but probably got a, a bit more involved with in them and um, there, there might be all this prima donna thing of footballers because they're the hardest working people i've ever seen i've we, never played gaelic or anything like that so no but there's there's no football footballer i've ever met in my life that goes out on the pitch and tries not to work hard yeah so i think all all that prima donna stuff and all is a myth but uh that's all I can really say. On yeah, day. and there's
1: guys in the League of Ireland like not everyone is even paid in the League of Ireland. There's a lot of volunteer clubs, and I'm a GA man. I'm a hurling snob. I've no qualms in yeah. saying that. But even I think sometimes okay in the GA we kind of we go on about this whole players representing or, you know ordinary people doing extraordinary things a bit too much. Yeah, they do, yeah. but but we don't give the credit to you know League of Ireland players or Leinster Senior League players or Munster Senior League players for doing the same. Do you think that that is the case? And that maybe players need to be a bit prouder. Of what they do, and fans need to be a bit prouder again of them for for what they do.
5: Yeah, I'd i I'd, I'd say that about especially the fans. Um, a lot of fans feel like when you play for their club, you're sort of theirs. You, but they don't they don't see the things you do. You're getting up early. You might have to go to the gym before work. Mm. Drop your kids off to school. Go to work. And uh, not not see your kids. Go straight to train, and you come back. Your kids are in bed. It's it. I think players, um they should be a bit more open in, in the things they do because they're putting the hard work in. There's no reason why they shouldn't not tell people about it, but just be, just be honest about yeah. the hard work they're putting in. And I think the fans will get a bit more close to them and it'll bring sort of football clubs together. Near, the way GAR, it's a community thing, it yeah. might do the same for uh, soccer clubs as well. Yeah i can't believe i'm saying soccer
1: <laughs> i'm in your house 10 minutes and i already have you playing soccer i'm a very 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 proud man uh, Pat Finn, congratulations on a brilliant career in association football uh <laughs> soccer um thanks very much for welcoming uh, us into your home and um listen well done on the statement
0: thank you very much sir Fantastic servant to the league. I hate saying that word, actually, servant to yep. the league, because it makes it sound like you've been, you know, tied to it uh, like a common prisoner. Uh, but no, he, you know, put in a stint for everybody he played for. The statement itself, I suppose, speaks volumes of the man he is. And of course, that interview does as well, too. A uh, really nice guy, Paflin.
1: Top man. And my proudest moment was when he started saying soccer instead of football. That's Ooh, a big an God. influence I was oh, on him. good God. The yeah. look of shame he had, actually. When he realised he was calling it soccer. Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there are such things as hurling people and football people. And maybe you fit into the oh, former camp. I'm okay with that because we're better as people Well,
1: generally. there you go. That's Look, exactly it. You know what? He struck on something there. And it's something I've noticed uh, while... I was going to say falling back in love with the League of Ireland <laughs> this year. Falling back in like with the League oh, of Ireland. and Going to cool. games. And I've really enjoyed it. But we in the GA. We in oh, no, Hurling, we right? Indian. We no. we, 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 no. we go on about the volunteer oh, ethos and Jesus. how it's all about community and we're special. We're different to everyone else. And that, let me tell you, is absolute bullshit because in every parish in the country, there is a GA club. And yeah, they do great things. And yeah, we are special. But so are the football volunteers, of which there are many. And so are the rugby gar- uh, volunteers, of which there are many. And a lot of these people are involved in the League of Ireland as well. I mean, there are volunteer clubs. This there, are, the Even in cross, clubs yeah. where players get paid they probably couldn't run without volunteers we heard from Stephen Henderson a couple weeks ago the Cove situation like they,
0: you yeah, know, that, it's shoestring stuff
1: and and I started really thinking about it after that when he said these guys are playing for nothing they're yeah. getting nothing but I started thinking you know what that's very GA and we in the GA we love to tell people that we love to do that whole poor us you know our players do X, Y and Z and they do but so do a lot of League of Ireland guys and so do a lot of League of Ireland people on and off the pitch and rugby people as well in all Ireland league clubs and, and, and clubs below that level and I think they need to start telling people about it because talking to Pat and talking to League of Ireland players this year and talking to Dundalk lads and I know they're, they're getting massive money for what they've done in the Europa League but they're they're the exception to the rule. They remind me more of dealing with GA people than Premier League yeah.
0: soccer people. There is an element of that. There is an element of um, I suppose enabling in, in in, 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 I suppose a sense of belonging a sense of community yeah. and uh, getting people involved in the clubs and I know without wanting want to bring it back to both. Like you know you see the initiatives towards the end of the seasons and uh, towards the start of seasons, Daily Mount is the one that always sticks out in my head whereby they get a lot of volunteers in to clean the stands and, yeah. and do the place up a little bit before the start of the season. And that kind of stuff makes a difference. That kind of stuff adds yeah. a, a depth of feeling towards the club. That kind of stuff breeds new supporters because yeah. you pass that down. You talk about it. You kind of go, where are you going? To? I want to going off to, you know, help sweep the Jody stand. Why is that? Where is that? Well, you know, people, yeah. That's it, it's tiny little increments like that make... Huge, huge differences.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something that needs to be built on. There was a disconnect between maybe League of Ireland people and the general supporter because they saw them as paid professionals.
0: And the clubs themselves nearly tried to put out this image of elite that, yeah, that's Premier what, League style clubs.
1: And they aren't, and that, they're not, and they shouldn't try to do that. that. that,
0: that that's, And I, I'd imagine there's an element of not wanting to put on the quote-unquote poor mouth and say, you know, we don't have the money, we need yeah. your help. They want to be seen. I suppose in a similar way that you know certain young people might put out this persona of being rolling in cash, when ultimately they're just not, and it's mm. all gone on the the outside kind of clothes kind of thing. But you know, there's an element of just work with what you have mm. and try and build from there, and don't try and portray this image that necessarily you can't back up. Don't write checks; your butt can't cash.
1: As we've learned in all walks of life, and and we in the GA. We bang on about it constantly, and people are now sick of it, but it doesn't make it any less true. It is a community thing, and League of Ireland clubs need to start becoming part of the community. Some of them have. Cork City do it well with Forest. Cove Ramblers seem
0: to be doing it well. Um, anyone else? There's a couple of Dublin doing it as well. There's a couple of Dublin clubs who do try their damnest within their mm. local area, and it is a difficult thing to make an imprint in Shamrock Rovers. Uh, uh, Pots have done it as well in around yeah. the Core area. I think finally they've learned you can have an
1: elite first team and they are elite athletes and they are. Sligo. And, but you have to have a volunteer basis and be kind of GAA-esque in that sense.
0: Oh, God. It but th- you get what I'm saying. I'm th- using th- yeah. the GAA as an example. No, th- th- I'm, th- 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 I'm shuddering th- because in essence you're right um, and I don't like agreeing with you because it makes me feel dirty if I'm being quite honest. You know what's going through my head right now? Oh, God. A Judd bag. Nelson. Nelson.
1: At the end of Breakfast, Breakfast Club, walking across, hand up in the air. There you go. You can, can we play it. out
0: with that? Uh, we, do you know what? We should do. Uh, until next time, enjoy the Cup Final. Do get along, regardless of whether you're yeah. a Cork or And, and get along early for the uh, Continental the women's Tires final. Women's
1: Final. The, the final last year between Wexford and Shelburne was absolutely amazing. That was brilliant, and, actually. Yeah, that yeah. I can remember
0: Yeah. Same two teams back at it this year as well. So yeah, promises to be a really, really good day at the Aviva regardless of the weather and regardless of Oisin Langan's presence there. Uh, but till next time, when we review all of this uh, Cup Final weekend. Oh, uh, we should talk to you next time.
3: Come
2: on, then you